You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by The Hartford. Good morning, and welcome back to Small Biz Ahead, a podcast presented by The Hartford. This is John Adaconis, and I am joined today for a special edition with my friend and co-host, Gene Marks. Um, we are here to talk about the recent legislation and the, the economic aid for small businesses in this most recent COVID relief package. A lot of new things things, a lot of updates and changes to the PPP, some new guidelines, regulations, tax credits, a, a lot that people need to know. So excited to jump right in. But before we do, Gene, how's it going? And going okay. And John, I know you and I are speaking now in the morning, but you know, let's not forget, John, that there are probably people listening to this where it is not morning at some point. So if that is you, let us all just say good afternoon or good evening. So just to make sure it's applied across the board. Fair enough? That is very fair. It's true. No, welcome one and welcome all. All right, then. Yeah. So getting into it. So, you know, we're we're doing this the, the day before Christmas, right? It's December 24th, uh, 2020. We're all anxiously on our heels waiting to see what's going to come out of some of these, you know, legislative conversations on the Hill right now. But some some good movement, it seems like, on the government relief to small businesses um, in this most recent package. So, you know, assuming all goes well. But as we think about the most recent COVID relief package, you know, maybe, Gene, we can start with kind of like what what's the new definition of a small business? Because it seems like that's changed a little bit in this, right? Yeah, it has, John. So, um, you know, the, the whole point with this new relief package is that there is another round of Paycheck Protection Program, PPP. So that's very good news. However, Congress is trying to avoid some of the mistakes that it made in the past, uh, whereas giving loans to two big businesses, publicly held companies, uh, even people that just, you know, really shouldn't have gotten them. So, so for starters, they changed the definition of a small business. So now you can only apply for another round of PPP if, first of all, you used, you used up the last round, the first round of PPP. Um, and number two, you've got less than 300 employees. That's another requirement. And this is new. You have to show that you were impacted by COVID, which means that you have to um, you have to show that you've got you, your, your revenue in any given quarter this year was 25 percent less than the same quarter from last year. So you can pick out any one quarter this year. And if it was below, you know, 25 percent compared to the comparable quarter from last year, then you're eligible for you know a, a new PPP loan or a second round of PPP loans as well. Uh, the other thing that should also be mentioned is that the calculation for the loan is still the same in the in the, the in that you're using your payroll and related costs times two point five. So that's all still the same. However, if you're in the restaurant or the accommodation industry, you can now use a factor of three point five times your payroll and related costs. Uh, for whatever period that you choose this to be. And therefore it is, you know, it's the eight or the 24 week period. So therefore it is a, um, you know, it's, we're giving more money to restaurants and people in the accommodation industry. So recap, 300 employees or less. I uh, got to show that you've lost 25% of your revenue this one quarter versus another quarter last year. And then also, um, you know, either 2.5 times your payroll costs for the eight or 24 week forgiveness period that you choose or 3.5 times if you're a restaurant. And finally, um, the maximum loan now is now $2 million. Um, you can't be a publicly held company, so be aware of that. And you also can't be in certain industries like a political lobbyist or uh, more than 20% owned by a Chinese company. So those are some of the requirements you need to keep in mind for another round of PPP. 
Got it. And then, you know, we'll, we'll probably jump into it in a second, but there seems to be a new grant program that was announced too, um, the Shuttered Venue Operator Grant Program. Yes. So if you're someone who's in one of those kind of entertainment industries um, and you're applying for that, that would actually make you ineligible for a PPP loan as well, right? Yeah, great. Like one or the other. This yeah, point. great point. Great point. And by the way, um, thanks for bringing that up. First of all, of course, you're bringing that up because you're a former restaurant guy, right? So that hits like right, right? I mean, that's meat and potatoes for you. You want to know about that. So let's talk about that. It's called the Shuttered Venue Operator Grant Program. You're absolutely right, John, that if you got an, you know, a PPP loan, you can't apply for this program. You'd be ineligible for it. So you have to choose. But the government put aside $15 billion for the Small Business Administration, the SBA, to make grants. This is, these are not loans, like grants to um, here, if you're a live venue operator or a promoter, if you're a theatrical producer, if you are the owner of a live performing arts organization, if you operate a museum, if you have a, you know, a theater, if you're an independent movie theater, for example, or even if you're a representative of talent. I mean, basically, these are people in the arts industries. Again, you, you also had that 25 reduction in revenues, and you've got less than there, – there's certain – amounts if you've got less than 50 employees, you can even be entitled to more money. So, you know, the, there's an initial grant that you can get up to $10 million, which is pretty amazing. And you can even get another supplemental grant on top of that, uh, depending on, you know, what your, your economic circumstances are. Um, the only requirement is you've got to use the grant money for things like payroll costs, rent and utilities and PPE as well. So uh, the bottom line is, though, is that if you are in the arts industry, go to the SBA's website at sba.gov. Keep a very close eye out. As soon as the grant application becomes available, and it should be in the next few weeks, apply uh, because the, the, this is free money that you can be getting to help sustain you through the remainder of COVID. So, Gene, so that's really interesting. You know, I'm wondering, too, it's more of kind of a rolling acceptance on this grant program, right? So even though you have the same kind of 25% reduction that you have to meet, the way that they're prioritizing it is actually really going to be based on need, right? So the first couple of weeks, it looks like the law says that folks who saw 90% or greater revenue loss will be the first round of eligible than those who saw 70% and kind of work their way up to people who might have more of a sustaining model. Correct. You know, the rule is once this program gets rule, you know, rolled out, um, there, there are some special considerations for those companies, you know, in the arts business that really have a need. So the first 14 days of the new program, the money is going to go to those, those organizations that have seen a 90% or greater revenue loss. The next 14 days will go to those arts organizations that saw a 70% or greater revenue loss. And then after, basically after the first month of the program, it's going to be open to anybody uh, in the arts business that has had a 25% or greater revenue loss compared to uh, you know, a prior period, which will be determined. Again, I'm not sure if it's quarterly or annually. Uh, so that will be determined when the application comes out. Got it. Okay. So, you know, I think that's, that's kind of a great place for some of these folks to start, right? So if you're someone who has an independent movie theater or kind of a museum gallery, to your point, you're a promoter, you're in this live venue space, um, you know, and maybe you weren't into like a phase four or five reopening, you never had the chance to reopen at all. Right. You know, there there might be some grant money available to you kind of before you have to look for a loan or, or even kind of a forgivable loan. So You're definitely right. something to take note. 
You're absolutely right. And my, my only issue, my only issue with that rule, I just I just want to say is that, you know, it needs to be spent on payroll costs, rent, utilities, or personal protective equipment. So first of all, the good news is, is that there's no ratio like it is with the Paycheck Protection Program where 60% of the money has to be spent on payroll. I mean, if you're running a theater and you don't have any shows going on because it's COVID, right? So you don't really have any payroll okay, you can still take that grant money and use it to cover your rent and your utilities um, or any PPE that you're putting into your theater, you know, planning ahead for the future. So, you know, it has to be spent on those certain things, but you don't have, a, you don't have to deal with that, that, that ratio that the PPP program makes you deal with. You can just spend the money on rent if that's, if that's what it turns out to be. Okay. And then talking about PPP, they, they did change some of the rules on what's forgivable, right? Yeah, so it looks yeah. like that's a little bit broader than it was last time. Yeah, they did, which is good news. So the, the original rules are, just so we know, is that um, you can get forgiveness for any payroll or payroll-related expenses, and that includes employer group insurance, disability insurance, dental insurance, all that's included. Um, you can also get forgiveness for any rent that you pay, and that's not just rent on your property, but rents for a forklift, you know, or for cars, you know. So that's all been in case, and also any mortgage interest. Now it's been expanded. So if you spend any money on software or cloud computing expenses or other HR and, and accounting needs, it's such a wide definition, John, your, you know, your expenses can be you know, related to those things, be forgivable. Any property damage costs that you've had uh, due to public dis disturbances. So I know a lot of businesses here in the Philly area that you know, had, had some real property damage in the riots that happened in the city back in May. They can get covered now as under PPP as a forgivable expense. Any supplier costs, like if you're if you're buying stuff for for goods um, that are help you know you need like particularly for uh, you know perishable goods, so they're allowing you to 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 use that. Um, and finally, any worker protection uh, expenditures like PPE. So I'm, I you know, so I have to like I haven't thought about it too hard, but I'm like as an accountant. I'm like, I'm not quite sure what they're excluding here at this point. You know, we've got operations, we've got property expenses, we've got, you know, uh, supplier costs, we've got, you know, worker protection, payroll, rent, you know, utilities. So it's, it's really been expanded to cover a lot of different expenses of a business. And I think the walk away is you really should have very few problems applying for forgiveness when that time comes in the second round. I mean, the government... Uh, and Congress are really trying to make it easier uh, for you to include as many expenses as possible. That, well, I think that's great, you know, because I think especially when we think outside of, you know, the the more immediately thought of businesses just based on their class, there's a lot of, you know, brick and mortar retail and kind of these main street shops who maybe needed to um, pivot to something more digital, right? So are they right. selling online now or, or were they able to kind of make that that move at all because they didn't have the income to kind of get online? Two other so things yeah, you're, you're right. And not only that, there's a lot of people, a lot of businesses that had to send their workers home. So they needed cloud applications for them to do what they got to do. And that's a cost. And getting back to your retail point um, and restaurant point, and you would know this more than me, but I don't know how these restaurant owners are ordering food. You know, like how do they even project demand when you've got these restrictions and then the restrictions are lifted and then, you know, the weather's bad and nobody shows up and then the weather's good and people can eat outdoors. It's brutal. And but now, you know, if you're a restaurant owner and you buy perishable 
you know, meats, you know, and you only use half of it because, you know, people didn't show up because of restrictions. Um, you can still, you know, use those expenses uh, to get, you know, for forgivable expenses under PPP. So that's that's definitely a help. No, for sure. Because, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't know. You know, I think that most um, restaurant operators are pretty good at forecasting yeah. um, based on trends. But this is not a, a trendable time for sure. And I think, you know, you see things like like reduced and limited menus to try and kind of solve for that as best they can. But you can only, you know, preserve produce and meat for so long. Right. And so I agree. Um, and it's a great, uh, really great, great topic. Great topic for another podcast, John. You know, we should talk to some restaurant owners yeah. about how they're doing that. Yeah, no, we'd be interested for sure. So I think those are some of the big things in kind of what you can use the money for. But I think the other rumor on the street, right, is this this kind of rumor about if you took a forgivable loan before, you'd have to pay some kind of tax assessment. Right. That's, that's not true anymore, right? So if your right. loan is forgiven, it's truly forgiven and you're not going to see a tax penalty for so that. You know, you know what, John? I, I'm not even going to get into it because they, they, to explain what was deductible and not deductible before this was like, you know, oh God. But the bottom line is this, if you're a business owner, you get a PPP loan, you don't have to worry about taxes. The loan is forgivable and any expenses that you use for forgiveness are deductible. You're good. You don't have to worry anymore. Worry about other stuff. We like that. One less thing to yes. worry about, especially this year, right? Yes. Um, and talking about that too, it's, it, it feels like, you know, if, if I go back to last year, a lot of chatter on the application process and the application itself, it was confusing. People weren't really sure how to get to the numbers that they needed. Once they had an application, they weren't entirely sure what to do with it all the time. And it feels like, you know, especially for some of the more kind of micro loans, they've really simplified that process and kind of the data that you need, right? Thank God. Yeah. I mean, what they've done now is they're like, listen, uh, you know, we're basically, if you've got a loan for hundred uh, under $150,000, we're pretty much just going to give you blanket forgiveness. All you need to do is you got to fill out just a one page form certifying that your numbers are correct and that you used what you used for you know the definition of forgivable expenses. And that's all you need to do. Uh, you don't have to submit any documentation you don't have to do any calculations, nothing like that. And your banker will have that form for you. So get it from your banker when it's available. Just be aware, though, of course, that if there's any suspected fraud involved, then, you know, the, you know the, the SBA and the banks are still, you know, under obligation to investigate that. And they may request documentation from you, which is why you really want to hold on to everything uh, for about four years uh, is what's required. It's three to four years, but I say four years. Keep all the documentation around just in case. But again, if you've got under $150,000 loan, which is the broad, it's something like 85% of the loans that went out were under $150,000. It's going to just, you know, clear up a lot of headaches. That's why we were telling all of our clients, just wait until this bill comes out because why go through the whole process of forgiveness with your bank when all you need to do is just do this very simple uh, you know, you know, step. Um, and that's the case. Now, if you have a more than $150,000 loan, you're going to have to go through the forgiveness process, fill out the application and provide documentation. Um, but that's what that is. So I think it'll make life a lot easier for a lot of us. And, you know, I think additionally, it seems like they they also kind of expanded a little bit on who's eligible in terms of classes, right? So um, so some interesting kind of rule accommodation for what I would call like local journalism centers and local media. Um, so it looks like FCC license holders are now kind of available or eligible to apply. Um, 
like specifically in those kind of community hubs where it's probably 500 or less people and you know they're trying to kind of keep their neighborhoods informed and updated Absolutely. I mean, they, you know, the, the media news organizations, veterans organizations. Um, and by the way, if you're a self-employed individual or a sole proprietor, or an independent contractor, you're, you're absolutely still eligible for all of this. So it's, you know, it's been expanded a little bit. Uh, the only thing they're going after is any political lobbyists or people, you know, companies affiliated with China. So those are the, uh, those are the sort of like the big no-no's. Other than that, um, nonprofits, religious organizations, most of them can also apply for PPP as well. Okay. And then, you know, I saw also, it looks like they're trying to kind of think on the other side. So destination marketing organizations, and it looks like some chamber groups are are in the game. So if you're trying to really kind of encourage people to return back to your communities, um, some, some thought there as well. So kind of that membership chamber business league space. Agreed. All right, Gene. So that's that's a lot of new and, and different things on kind of this next round of PPP. So anything that you have kind of in your noggin or any other thoughts you want to share that important for kind of our audience to know as they think about maybe um, applying for one of these loans or, or maybe a second one? Yeah, John, um, just you know, just to keep in mind again, and, and again, if you've been through this process before, you already know this, but you're not going to the SBA for your loan. You've got to go through a, you know, a member bank. So that's really important. And um, you, you got to look for an SBA. And if you go to the SBA.gov website, you'll see a list of member banks. Very, very also important to know that if you are a minority owned business um, or you are located in a low to moderate income area, and there's a separate definition for that, which you can look up, there is special set asides for money. I mean, $15 billion for an initial loan or $25 billion for a second PPP loan. Um, and, and this money has been given out to mission community lenders like uh, community development financial institutions are called CDFIs, you know, uh, certified development companies, you know, SBA microloan intermediaries. These are all, you know, it, I, I guess what I'm saying is that if you're female owned, if you're black owned, if you're Latino owned, if you're a minority owned business, the government is, is making special, uh, you know, special considerations to get money to you. So talk to a bank and, and research the minority owned, you know, the minority lending organizations that are out there because they're being funneled this money and that money is for you. So you've got to take the initiative. But once you do, I'm telling you there is money out there for you um, for special accommodations for minority businesses. So take advantage of that. That's my, my final sort of takeaway when it comes to all things PPP, John. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. No, and and for sure, you know, I think that, you know, kind of tied to this seems to be a re-up in a lot of the community-based funding and grant programs that the SBA kind of had a, a role in. So definitely talk to your kind of community organizations, your lenders, um, because it feels like there's there's a significant amount of um, resource for once for, for the small business owners as part of this relief package. So, you know, hope you can kind of take advantage of that. Correct. All right, my friends. Well, enjoy the rest of your day or evening or, you know, whatever time it is where you are. And we'll um, we'll catch you on the next one. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And for more information to help you run your small business, please uh, visit the Small Biz Ahead website, uh, smallbizahead.com. You'll get lots of different vibes. I'm very active on there writing as well as commenting on different comments and answering questions. So join there and uh, you'll be able to hopefully get some information to help you run your business.